Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT. Go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang. Because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles. Turtles and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Cody Tuckett. And I'm Mike Templeton. And uh, this week, we're, we're <laughs> diving back into the uh, next mutation. Don't sound too excited. Uh, you know, he almost it broke is... out into song. He was and, so thrilled. Uh, oh, it's next mutation. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... The thing is, is like, we're already almost halfway through. Yeah. So, you know, so really, right it's, there. it's yeah, so yeah, weird because like these episodes, the episodes are like out of order, uh, like in the playlist that I'm watching on YouTube. It's like, yeah, I think I'm watching the same playlist. And so every time yeah, I'm probably like, I'm like, damn it, Keith, you foisted this on me. Yeah, I keep I having to Keith shuffle around DVDs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he, Keith, Keith wasn't wrong. Like, if you look at the episode, like the official episode order, like it is different. Yeah, but apparently also, we are watching it in the episode in the the order in which they aired the yeah, random person on youtube who made this list how could they be wrong answer me that well because well, they're I mean, using they, the they, dvd yeah. release numbers yeah i was gonna say like they're yeah. probably using the dvd release but then you know we do have things like people people do know like production orders and like season orders so it's like fox you know when this was airing could have aired these episodes out of order also, frankly, like uh, it feels like as long as you don't watch the episode where they meet the villain before the next episode where they fight the villain, like it's not that hard of continuity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like, though, as a kid, like back in the time, it was baked in where sometimes you would just miss an episode. And it's not like you could yeah. like, DVR it unless you like unless you record it on VHS like I did because I was a smart. Well, that kid. was that um, was that was why specifically why um, a lot of these kids cartoons weren't serialized because you know, you, you sold these shows for syndication so that you can air any episode and, you know, to yeah. fill any, t- you know, that, that's why like when avatar, the last airbender and a lot of those like early two thousands cartoons where they really started serializing stuff that it was like, oh, okay, like kid that, that changed the game. That's partially why like, you know, kids like 2003 so much. Cause I was like, that was the first serialized Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's definitely what I loved so much about it. If, you know, if I could actually not miss any episodes, that was the key part, though. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say I would say that is that is one of the that is one of the biggest strengths of 2003 is that like that kind of it was I don't know if it was like pioneering that in the genre. Like, I, I don't know how many other serialized cartoons were coming out at the same time. I know like Avatar was the first like big one that took off, but Avatar started after um, 2003. So it's yeah. like, but, but 2003, like was the first like turtles cartoon that did that. Yeah. And then we got, and then we got uh rise and to the 2012 later. So, yeah, 
Like I'm trying oh, to rise. Kind of like rise jumps around a lot until they like, rise jumps game. around a lot, but there is an episode order like where plot things happen throughout. Yeah, like like you yeah, can and then, you and can they tightened it up on like the back half and then into season yeah. two for sure. Yeah, because like things like you know they'll find a piece of the dark armor in one episode and then in the next episode they'll find a different piece and yeah. so stuff like stuff like that happens and it is mostly sequential but a lot of rise can be watched out of order because that they that was nick trying to go back to that you know not serialized type of storytelling and i think yeah, they but, also did it so they could like if they wanted to cuz you can see this on pluto tv a lot like somehow they they do the programming in such a way where it's like they'll have like a gap to fill and they'll like slap in like yeah. a random rise segment which is kind of yeah, cool was, but it's also like here's your eight minutes of rise that we're going to give you for the next that was month. very specifically why they did that because they wanted you know they they it, it it's for a bunch of reasons like the you know it's cheaper to do uh, you know an 11 minute cartoon than it is for a 22 minute cartoon you know, it's a bunch of stuff on the back end, but then also too, like the main draw would be like, you know, oh, this SpongeBob episode ended early. I need something to kind of fill this time. Yeah. So we're uh, not talking about Rise. We're talking we're about not, Next Mutation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Next Mutation. So tonight we're, we're doing episodes good. 10, 11, 12. That's Meet Dr. Queeze, Windfall, and Truce or Consequences. Three, what we can describe as. Episodes of the next mutation. Right. They yeah. aired on television. They were filmed by cameras. Therefore, they are episodes. <laughs> they are. And that, therefore, yeah. they are episodes of this show. And for this show, I would say so far, these are these are mid episodes for this show. They're, they're well, pretty mid. one of these episodes was pretty good. Oh, I'm interested to see which, which one. one you think. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. Meet Dr. Queeze, Season 1, Episode 10, original air date November 14th, 1997. While stealthily attending the lecture of one of Donatello's biggest idols in the world of science, Dr. Queese, Michelangelo is completely bored and questioning everything when the doctor is kidnapped by the rank. Back at the lair, the others voice their concerns over battling fire-breathing dragons to bail out one wacky human scientist. Donnie decides to go for it himself, with or without the brothers, having hacked Dr. Queeze's neural headset so that he could track his location. At the rank hideout, Dragonlord demands that Dr. Queeze help him unlock the secrets of mutagenic transformation when Donatello is captured trying to save the doctor. As Donatello is strapped to an operating table, Dr. Queeze reveals that he has an evil side and wants to actually dissect Donatello for his own nefarious deeds. The turtles can't find Donatello using his equipment when Splinter tells them that they do not need gadgets to find him, and they hop in their souped-up Humvee and tricked-out dirt bike to go save their brother. Michelangelo plugs Dr. Queeze's Neuralink into his portable game system to control the evil doctor, and all the turtles head home. A depressed Donatello still believes, however, that there is some good in that evil doctor. The end. Science is horrific. But what's not horrific is gambling. In my episode, Windfall, which aired November 21st, 1997, and was written by Barry Julian, an old man is in his apartment with a $112 million winning lottery ticket. 
Silver and his goons come in to rob him of it. The old man hides in the bathroom and tosses the ticket out the window as the mobsters break in. The ticket floats down to the street and into the sewer. Mikey is walking through the sewer, steps on the ticket, getting it stuck to his foot. Sitting down for breakfast and to read the paper, he realizes he brought the ticket in and it matches the winning lottery numbers in the paper. He celebrates his new millionaire status. The mobsters venture into the sewers to find the ticket and overhear a gleeful Michelangelo boasting about his wealth. Back in the lair, Mikey tells his family about his lottery ticket and they all fantasize about what they can do with it. The perimeter alarm goes off and the turtles see Silver and his gang are looking for the ticket. The turtles confront Silver and his mobsters and they fight over who is the rightful owner. The mobsters win the day and escape with the ticket. Back at the lair, the turtles tell Splinter what happened. Splinter tells them to give up their desire for the ticket and let Silver have it as they can never claim it or they'll expose themselves. The turtles decide to get the ticket back. They track Silver and his gang down with Donnie's satellite. The mobster's hideout is in Central Park. The turtles fight the mobsters a second time. The turtles win. They injure Silver's legs and escape with the ticket. Back at the lair, they show Splinter the ticket. He makes them see the value in old people, justice, and poverty, and makes them give the ticket back to the old man. The episode ends with mobsters wheeling Silver around on a dolly and confronting the turtles in the sewer. Silver declares the turtles his blood enemy and vows vengeance. The end. Riveting. Alright, last episode for tonight is Truce or Consequences, original air date November 28th, 1997, written by Ken Hotz and Spencer Rice. So Michelangelo is cruising around talking about taking down authoritarian regimes on his pirate radio station. Little does he know that Wick is listening in and has been assigned by the Dragon Lord to come up with a plan to destroy the turtles. In the sewers, Raf and Venus are sparring. Raf wins using his patented uh, shoulder throw while your opponent tries to help you up maneuver. Donatello has made a lie detector device. It works by just pointing some kind of nozzle at someone and listening, listening to their uh, voice. Now, Dragon Lord hears a wick listening to Mike's pirate radio show and recognizes Mike's voice and hatches a scheme. Wick calls in and claims he's organizing a defection from Dragon Lord and offers a truce. Mike tells the guys this, but Leo thinks it's a trick. Don runs a tape recording of Wick's call through his lie detector machine, and it comes up as a truth. So the turtles argue a bit before Mike runs off to meet Wick. Wick asks for an autograph, but gives him instead a pen full of crazy purple knockout gas. Don tracks Mike to Wick's location. Splinter suggests they give Wick a taste of his own medicine and fake a surrender. Although false surrender is a war crime, the turtles agree to the ruse. Dragonlord wants to eat Mike, so he's been tied up and put over a grill. Dragonlord's donned his handcrafted royal bib, but decides to wait for the other turtles to arrive to eat them too. The turtles come in and agree to the truce. Uh, Don gives Dragonlord his staff as a very special gift, symbolizing their new allegiance to each other. The bow staff uh, is booby-trapped, though, and shocks Dragonlord. The turtles beat up the, the rank, they free Michelangelo, and run off. Mike's back out doing his pirate radio stuff while Leo listens at home. Splinter turns off the radio, mocking Michelangelo and cackling like a creepazoid. The end. Like we said, three episodes of this show. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really something else. It's, it's really weird also not having summarized an episode this week. I, I always do it. And so <laughs> getting, getting to sit back and listen to the madness this time. Yeah. Do you feel just so free and un, unburdened? Uh, kind of. Yeah, actually, as I, as I was watching these, I was like, wow, I don't I don't have to sit down for like another 10 <laughs> minutes and, and write out a summary. It's pretty nice. Well, let's uh, 
second time around this. Hey, nice junk. All right, Dr. Queeze. So it, it's kind of funny, but like, so follow me on this. Spencer, you're probably going to hate me. Dr. Queeze feels like he comes out of Mirage. I oh agree. my goodness. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Honestly, I think you could just say too. everything comes from Mirage and, and not necessarily be wrong because there's so much crazy stuff in Mirage. Like, You're not yeah, like this, 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 this does feel like a character that would have appeared like somewhere, even, even down to this name. Like the neural helmet, you know, implants in his head and stuff like that 100% is something Peter Laird would have drawn. Actually, he I looks really a lot like he looks a lot like Doctor Farrell from the Palladium games. Like that hairstyle, the uh, the suit, and everything. He didn't have the. I don't think he had neural implants or anything, but it's very much the same look. He's also very much like Baxter Stockman and very much like Doctor Barlow as well. And he's also yeah, Doctor Wiley. Made real. I do think that yeah, Doctor Barlow. <laughs> I do think that Doctor Barlow might be a little inspired by by Doctor Queese. Does Barlow mean like vomit in a different language or something? I don't or think Queez, so. I mean, not vomit. Apparently there was going to be a Dr. Queez action figure uh, was planned for playmates and even made it into solicitation catalogs. The figure is dressed in blue lab coat with coarse blood splatters and brown shoes. On the left yeah. hand is a metal claw attached with some cutting tools. It was ultimately never released, likely due to the large blood splatter on his clothing. Yeah, that yeah. blood splatter was a choice. <laughs> wow. Me and me and Keith have gotten into that because we we've discovered it in our figure adventures. It is they um, it's again it's that weird theme where this is like a lot of the ideas and characters and themes to the series are very dark and very adult, mm-hmm. and they executed it in the most like kitty slapstick fashion they possibly. It's, yeah, could. like it's yeah. so weird because like there is something interesting about Doctor Queeze. Yeah, he's like, a good like, character, and he's quite like horrific and scary when you get into it. Um, and uh, the actor who plays him, Simon Webb, like is is just eating it. Like he mm-hmm. is doing a fantastic job. Like it, it, it almost feels like he's kind of going for like a Jim Carrey esque performance. A little bit, yeah, I can um, see that. But it's like that kind of not quite Ace Ventura, but kind of like a more restrained, crazy Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, maybe he could be Mirage in in one of the wilder stories, but I think there is that thing where, like, I feel like Mirage Studios had their ideas for this show and, and what they wanted, and then Sabin had what they like Saban. recorded and produced and Saban. put on screen. <laughs> Never say it like that again. <laughs> what did I say? Sabin. Sabin. What did I say? You said Sabin. Oh, it's That's supposed like to be Saban. Says it's Saban. Yes. Well, you know. The thing is, is you should say Katana, but but who cares Saban. about whether it's Saban or Saban? Hail Saban. And if you're Leonardo in this show, you say Katana. Katana. Yeah, Katana. Katana. Katana at one point. There's just a, there's a there's a magical buffoonery to this show that you just have to admire. That it's a Katana say. when they're scissors. You know, he adds he adds like an <laughs> R to it though. Katana. Like so, it's like a tanner, the Katanner sword. Um, that's I all we had time to pay you for was the one take. All right, that's what yeah. we're using. Yeah, Katana would die inside whenever, whenever we bring up that this, these are all Mirage characters, really. 
I don't know, like I to conceptually, like if you want to go back to a certain point, I could agree with you. Like I said, like I feel like Mirage Studios had their idea of what these characters and things were, and like, and then they, that's what they also gave to like playmates. Yeah, that's that's what I and mean. Then, like, and then I'm what Saban put on screen. Like, I'm not saying this is a one for like a one to one. Yeah, character that was ripped from the pages. I'm just saying yeah. like this is a character that like I could definitely see coming from that. And even then he like, he kind of like everything about him feels like it could have come from Mirage. It's just, you know, it's, it's just also very wacky. Yes. It, it's just what gets put on the screen is the most slapsticky. Like you don't have, you don't have to defend it. It's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> anyway, it's what I've been saying. Like everything on paper is good. Everything on screen is terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Like you like the concept art that you posted on Instagram on our Instagram, like yeah, that's so kind of cool, kind of cool. Uh, let's see uh, what else we got. Uh, Doctor Queez do- does the Macarena when Mike controls him with his video game. Uh, popular he does. dance at the time. Did anybody else notice that uh, Dragon Lord has Shredder's sword now? I did not notice that. Yeah, it's the know. the one that's like kind of jaggedy towards the hilt. Uh, he's got it in cup in the last episode as well. Um, let's see other things they have, uh, when they hit Dr. Queeze with the stun ray, it's that same concentric blue rings that they use in star Wars. Um, I, I um, noticed they said were, it was done. The effects yeah. were so bad. Like you could, you oh, could yeah. see somebody like drawing the clip art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also a part where Wix puppeteer is visible, which I assumed would happen. I didn't realize it would take this long though. Yeah. And he then, looks like uh, you can see he's like a, a giant arm. Like, a, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I we can totally see like, the top that. of his head. He's like ducking behind some furniture. You can see the top of his head. Pretty That's funny. Hilarious. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, also I love had... too that like uh, uh, so they're they're off to rescue Don. They're all getting in the Hummer, and like as they're driving, Don Tello is in the Hummer. It's like, come <laughs> on, guys. They do the same <laughs> thing. They, they, had they had one take. They had one yeah, take. They do the same they're thing in the last episode where like uh, they're off to find Michelangelo and. They get all prepared, and Michelangelo is grabbing his tonfa to go rescue himself. And it's like, come yeah, on, yeah. guys, just cut it out. <laughs> you're, you're cut. You're, you're getting rid of all my anchovies, Keith. You're I'm sorry, away. Man. Uh, Leo. During during the battle, hums the next mutation theme song that's not used yet. I I noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I know that tune. <laughs> yeah, he does a little na 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 na. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that it wasn't used. It was just robbed from us. Yeah. It was used. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, you you can still find that theme song on, you know, on the internet. But yeah, he hums, he hums, apparently on the DVD. He hums the theme song that's not yeah. this one. Yeah, just just look at the DVD main title. Uh, what's it called? M- main menu. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's fair, great, I believe they do have it as a special feature. So it's, there's maybe a great, it's not. Um, like, I mean, there's, there's a video on YouTube that's just all of the um tmnt themes just back to back it's like a half yeah, hour long best. it's it's like ranked number one for a reason it's like a, it's like a how long is it yeah it's, a, it's like a 15 minute long video well i think for the 2003 one i don't think they actually like restart for the from the beginning in that one maybe it's a different 2003 theme song video i've seen but there's one where uh, they just like they get through like the one the by the code of the martial arts to never find unless someone else starts part and then they go back again and just cut straight back to it, repeating it. But in this time saying Leonardo's always in control. Like that's a, that's a different one. Yeah. yeah oh, the one, the one I have like plays them all back to back, including like 
you know, the ones the, with the slight changes in the 2003 yeah, series. Every every change, like in the Look, the, the, the Mikey, we shredded shredder. Like, yeah, I mean, you you can criticize the 2003 theme song for all, all you want musically. Thank but, you, I will. But uh, <laughs> you got to admit that it was very clever and funny and fun to have those moments with like, watch out for Shredder. And then after they defeated him, Michelangelo declaring, we've shredded Shredder. And it then that becomes cool. very, very cool. It touch. is cool I do love and that. kind yeah. of unheard of yeah. that a theme song would update at like that. Like that, mm. that was kind of unheard of. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a theme song updating that often. Um, so yeah, no, I, I would totally give it props for that. It's yeah. still terrible music, but it is cool. <laughs> and, and then when cry becomes shredder, it's uh cry that says, watch out for shredder instead. Yeah. And so it's a lot of fun. I really like that. All right. Anything else for Dr. Queeze? Nope. Um, I, sorry. I got one more thing. Uh, I think it's, Turtle Soup podcast. They're like at the same spot that we are. And uh, his episode for this, his episode for this episode of the show, right, was called Dr. Quee's Medicine Woman. And it's like all I can think of every time. Anyway, <laughs> Windfall. I don't really have much for this except that Don Teller does a one turtle shell quake, which is, uh, I, th- I thought the whole point of this shell quake was it was all four of them. Well, I mean, a fourth of an earthquake is still. Devastating. <laughs> you know? Not to mention, there's like a wall behind him, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you no flaws in your logic there. That's very true. <laughs> the winning lottery ticket numbers were thirty-three, six, twenty-one, twenty-three, five, and sixty-nine. Nice. Yeah, those are my measurements. <laughs> a lot of measurements, Keith. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You so can never have podcast. too many measurements. Nope. Um, okay. They, they we, reused the old man footage. Did you notice I, they reused, like, the, the, the way we first see the old man, they did the same footage on the back end, too. I noticed oh. that, yeah, yeah. He's, what, like, walking away from the coffee pot the same way or something? Yeah, like... <laughs> just, uh, the, the, the boldness which they reuse footage is just the audacity. When uh, Mick, one of the monkey thieves, uh, Mick, the one played by Michael Dobson, uh, Leonardo's voice actor, uh, takes the lottery ticket from Michelangelo, he does an impersonation of Groucho Marx, a reference to a character that every child of the 90s would absolutely get. This is where we learned Mike is 104 years old. I mean, just because I watch cartoons and then get references. <laughs> Old Groucho Marx. That was like a century ago. That was a joke. That was the irony of it. No, irony is dead. Anyway, yeah, that's dead. all I got for Windfall. Choose uh, a consequence. Um, did no. you guys catch the Batman Forever movie ad? No. There's a billboard. I think it's Batman Forever. It's the, was that the one with the Iceman, Mister? No, it's Batman and Robin. It's Batman and Robin. Yeah, there's a there's like a a straight up Batman billboard as they're going through the city. Did you just call him Iceman? Iceman, 
He's he has but, ice powers, you know. He's it's a man all right. You know, just just gotta give you a little okay. bit of crap for it. You know, <laughs> no, yeah, we're, we're gonna give criticize the way that you say Saban. We gotta criticize the ice. <laughs> yeah, reference. give him a lot of crap Definitely. for that. It's yeah. Mister Freeze. <laughs> Mister Freeze. Look, what is Mister Freeze but a man and ice? Ice Man. Ice Man is an X Men. Like uh, that's Look, totally who, who named uh, Ice Man is a Top came, Gun. Which guy. came first? Yeah, Val Kilmer. Hey. Full circle. Val Kilmer was Batman. They're not Ice Man. two. They're two yeah, different movies. True. But which was, Val Kilmer wasn't Freeze, even in the one with Mister Freeze. Was Mister yeah, Freeze yeah. created first, or was Iceman? I believe Mister Freeze was. Uh, I believe. Yeah. You know it's what? We're question. all sitting in front of supercomputers. Let's figure this. I've out. I've already, I've Mr. already Freeze. started the search. Because here's my, here's my conjecture. DC would have named him Iceman, but Marvel already got to it, so they had to settle for Mr. Freeze. Uh, he was actually he was named Mr. Zero originally back Maybe in 1959. 1959. And then Mr. Freeze was 1966, which came after Iceman in 1963. Yeah, see, they, they wanted to use Iceman, but it was taken. That's some deep cut lore any DC fan would know. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I went back mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> totally. Also, uh, George Clooney was Batman in Batman Forever. Val yeah. Kilmer was in. Uh, I mean, no, oh, I'm sorry, George Batman Clooney. Robin. Yeah, I'm getting mixed say, up Val now. Kilmer. Yeah, I, in my mind, yeah, I've got that's it what I said. Like Val Kilmer wasn't even in the movie with. Yeah, Mr. he was in Batman what Forever. Was, what was the name of Val Kilmer's Batman? Batman Forever. Yes. Batman Forever. Val Kilmer is the only Batman I recognize, aside from Robert Pattinson. The do the. You don't recognize like Christian Bale when you see Christian Bale. He had one good Batman. Yeah, I was going to say, movie. arguably, the Dark Knight trilogy is way more popular. They or had, you they also did, recognize, like, Michael Keaton? They did one good movie. Michael Keaton, that movie's also lame. You you also don't recognize George Clooney when you see George Clooney? Or are you I saying, think, like, you don't recognize them as, like, Batmans? Because the only good, good thing enough? about George you, Clooney is... I think he, he's saying he has face blindness, guys. Which the only thing about that. George Clooney is, allegedly, he cuts his own hair with a floppy, And so he's the king of the universe what? because of that. So what's a floppy? A floby? You don't know a floby? It's like a if you combine a vacuum with a haircut thing, so it's just like it vacuums away the hair you cut, but it also like vacuums it to the precise length that you want to cut it at. Come on, yeah, you just can get a perfect haircut every time. Yeah. What are you twelve years old? I looked it up. I you looked it up. Like, yeah, you I just know. Dated yourself. We, we gotta stop doing this. It's already gotten out of hand. But I <laughs> I Google floby and the, the second image is him cutting his own hair with a floby. Yeah. I just really? I just love George Clooney yeah. as Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> to to me, George Clooney is voiced by Mr. Fox, and and that's the way it will always it's be for me. Fox <laughs> yeah, he just opens his coat. He's three foxes standing on each other. <laughs> All right, truce or consequence? Bringing it back around here. Uh, let's see. This episode, we learned that Michelangelo is left-handed. Yeah, um, like all all the best people in the world are. Yeah, including me. Are you a southpaw as well, Cody? Yeah. Excellent. Left-hand bride. Dog. Children um, of the devil. <laughs> Jeez. Um, there's a transition scene in this where I realized those might not be nunchucks, but they're actually like tonfa that extend. And it looks like Michelangelo's toy has tonfa that extend, but I don't think we've ever actually seen him use those. So those are the best ninja weapons of all is the extendable tonfa. Yeah. So it's like, it's the best <laughs> of both worlds. They're tonfa and they're nunchucks somehow. 
be oh. fair, there probably is like some chained version of a Tonfa because there's How always does... some like extra chained version of these weapons. Right. How does this show try so hard, but at the same time not try hard enough? <laughs> I was thinking like the only time I can remember him even using his Tonfa was when they were trying to get to like the dream world. Like he hasn't used them at all in this show, I don't think. Yeah. Why is it always like it's always like why is it always Mikey's weapons, which arguably among all the weapons are the lamest? Why is it his weapons that they view as most dangerous? And they're like, nah, we can't. I, I love nunchucks, British, though. Uh, British, uh, I mean, like, uh, like uh, nunchucks are good, right? and nunchucks are actually super dangerous, mainly yeah. to, like, people trying to use them. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, there's a, there's a good video of, like, a guy doing nunchucks, and he clocks himself right in the head, and it makes a good... Um, anyways, <laughs> um, but it's, like, a sword. Like, if you don't want kids to, like, pick up weapons like a knife you know like it's it's just fascinating that like of all the weapons they're like a sigh it's fine let's stick them together a bow staff fine a sword yeah. fine these kind of wood stick things i don't know there's bad nunchucks let's not use them yeah a bow it's staff just, is just a broom handle like i also wonder like th- i presumably this aired in europe because that's why he's using nunchucks for censorship but was it called was it still called ninja turtles next mutation or was it hero turtles I've never seen anything that's Hero Turtles the next mutation. Um, so. I think by then they just realized it was dying, and like even the people who would normally be outraged just didn't even care. <laughs> that's actually probably exactly right. Uh, my last little point. bit here is uh, this episode is written by Ken Hotz and Spencer Rice of Kenny vs. Spinny fame. I don't know if y'all remember that show. Really? The early 2000s, yes. Those like Canadian dudes? I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a Canadian show. Yeah, Kenny that versus just, Spinny. That just proves that all roads lead to Next Mutation. It's all culture goes through. It's like Next six mutation. degrees of Next Mutation. I hate that I want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's enough good stuff. Let's put some anchovies on this pizza. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing, and you're in big trouble. Okay. I call it law. Dr. Queeze. Um, I will again complain about the whooshing sound effects to the point that like <laughs> they take the blindfold off of Dr. Queeze and there's a whooshing noise. It's like, come on. Just they, shut removed the it. they removed it so fast. That's actually yeah. one of the things I wrote down too. Like it's so like it's it's the kind of thing like once you start listening to it, you can't unhear it. So you have to like tune your brain off of that frequency, or it's just like literally everything they do is like how much how much of it do you think has to do with the fact that they had like no actual sound with the footage and so they had to like insert sound effects and they got like the cheapest cartooniest sound effects to go oh, with 100%. all that. they like they bought like the cheapest soundboard they could get and like the yeah. button was stuck on yeah absolutely. this gave it to a 12 year old and I'm like just go just man we'll pay a hundred bucks just go hawk wild on it <laughs> can you make a slide whistle noise you're yeah, in perfect i thought it was absolutely hilarious that the uh contraption that dr queeze like connects his brain to all over the operating table is like it's supposed to look like one of those like sci-fi like uh big dissection things that like you know like james bond tied to a laser table and there's like mm-hmm. all these like cutting tools coming down at him and it's like in this it's straight up like one of those toy grabber claws yeah <laughs> and like even like you can even see like it is just spray paint sp- like it, it's like a black and red and yellow toy 
which like if you're a kid of like the eighties and nineties, you've seen this before. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, and it's just, but... it's just spray painted silver, but then like also like the screw holes are visible on camera. Like that side is facing the camera. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't they turn um, it around? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Like, why didn't you just turn it around? Um, and then it's, it's like, yeah, there's like cool though. noodles and like it just the cheapest stuff to make this thing. Well, cause it's also like in star Wars when you realize like some of their like comms are like made of like ladies razors. Well, you know? right. But they, but they like that at least like, that at least wasn't super slightly common. more, and they added it. and they added stuff to it so that it looked different. Like the like the grabber claw got me because it's like it's so prominent in so many shots. In fact, like, well, and if they you do go, like they do like the you, over his eyes multiple. Yeah, like times, I was gonna say, like yeah, if you like, look up Doctor Quee's, like to see what this character looks like, the grabber claw is a part of that picture. Like it is, yeah. it's framing his face to the point where I thought, like when I originally saw this character like the picture i thought that that was like a helmet he was wearing yeah and then when you watch the episode it like no it's just the grabber claw do you know one of the promotional items for the toy line they were going to make was a dr quee's grabber claw uh yeah they actually gave that out at uh toy fair one year (laughs) at quee's con (laughs) they they gave those out at the lecture uh that at the beginning <laughs> at this which like okay like let's go back to the lecture because i yeah. wanted to talk about this uh why is it a cult full of children in orange robes yeah what the hell was it's, that about and it's That's never a, addressed it is never addressed yeah, all this, was right-wing show, this was actually early right-wing propaganda about um <laughs> i was about to say it's it's what fox system yeah it, it's what fox news people, people <laughs> who watch fox news it's what they think college is like no. <laughs> murdoch actually wrote this episode <laughs> the liberal dr queez and his indoctrination yeah. of the youth. right <laughs> oh, but yeah, like, it's just like it, 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 the way it opens up is like it's it's like a it's like a he, Dr. Queez is giving a lecture up on stage and it's like this like auditorium full of kids in like orange robes and it's like a very cult like atmosphere. <laughs> and, it's like the Simpsons episode where Homer joins that cult. Yeah, but, but, it, but that's the, the thing is like no, that no, no, that no, episode no, of The Simpsons either. is like based around that concept. Once Dr. Queez is kidnapped by the rank we'd never find out why those kids are all dressed the same. Like we didn't, we'd, we don't yeah. find out what is going on there. Like that's a big story. The college administration is just like, why, why do all the kids who go to Dr. Queez's like lectures? Like why, why are they all wearing these robes yeah. all every time? Like, no, it's they feel a little cozy also, in here. Yeah. <laughs> also Dr. Queez is like, he's like, I'm a, I'm the world's foremost expert on mutation. Also, we've never once seen a mutant before in our entire <laughs> lives. It's like, well, yeah. by that logic, I'm the world's leading expert in mutation. <laughs> and then like Donatello says at the end of the episode, like no one else can understand like mute, like mutagen, um, like mutated people like them, but Dr. Queez. And it's like, he, he didn't know about you before. Yeah. Well, and it's like, he's an expert in like, uh, what did, what did like biology? And then there was like two other things that he's an expert in, but he's also like a cyber expert because he's able to hook up his brain to, you know, technology. Yeah. They just, well, he's, they, he's they didn't scientist. manage to get in the Mirage backstory all the way. Kind of. They couldn't yeah, the, get the, the rights. The important part is that he's a scientist, right? And so when you're a scientist, 
you can do it all, you know, like right. you, you can, it's you can do tech, you can mutate things. Yes. They, they worship Saban in their cult <laughs> <laughs> at college. That, that's the cult of Saban. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It gets more insidious. They're, they're indoctrinating the children subtly. It's gotta be yeah. it. That's what you're doing. Saban. I see what you're doing. Saban. Guys, why don't the turtles have beds in their lair? Like they just it's constantly like just fall asleep on the floor and shit. Like it well, really drives me nuts. That that's what all like the paper trash is for, is it's bedding. That, that's why <laughs> yeah. it's strewn all about the lair. So every time they drive over it in the street, they just pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have beds in any of the movies? Uh I feel like in the first movie, like you get like a shot of a, a bedish thing. I mean Raph sleeps in a bathtub. Yeah, they have a couch they put April on, but like at least in the cartoon they had beds. I mean, it, it's just weird to me that they like sleep on the floor, like up against the television and stuff. It's like, why don't why haven't they actually taken that paper and made a bed out of it at this point, or like or stolen a bed, or you know sleep on like the seats in the subway or something? Like they just sleep in the most uncomfortable positions. Well, also, the only thing I could think is that they use all their production money on grabber claws that they spray painted uh, silver. And that's why they can't afford. Think of this exactly. way. Exactly. That's where the turtles, budget that's where it is. Do yeah. turtles sleep on their backs? Cause laying on your shell would be uncomfortable. That's true. Yeah. They should well, I mean, just be laying on their belly back, down. And they sleep on their back, then they'll die. Yeah. I don't think they're real turtles guys. They're mutant turtles. What? This whole time? This is in a documentary? <laughs> All Are right. Ready then. for Windfall? On to Windfall. Yeah, so Silver's like a Mirage character. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, yeah, we already he did is, that though. <laughs> I already did that uh, so, I, uh, Splinter's like, okay, you guys can't cash in this lottery ticket because you'll expose yourself to humans. It's like, huh, if only they knew two humans, like, Casey Jones or April O'Neil or whatever happened to Splinter's chess playing friend. Why can't he yeah. cash it in I for them? I thought he was going to come back when they yeah. bought their goddamn Hummer, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, the other, the other thing here is though, is that like, they don't even like, they don't even start with like, he's like, you can't cash it because it'll reveal our thing. And then like, finally at the very end of the episode, Splinter finally gets around to the whole like, you're pretty much stealing money from this old man by just picking up this ticket and claiming it as your own. Well, yeah. It's more of a for him, like, it's more well, of like did, did Splinter know earlier old people did, than like did Splinter stop. know earlier how Mikey got it? I think he they did mention like the oldness because they brought the oldness up. Because yeah. when they're oh, um, okay. when they're fighting um Silver the first time, Silver's like he's old. He doesn't need the money anyways. And the turtles echo that sentiment when they're back at the lair trying to mm. like, convince yeah, each other. And, and even, even at the very end when splinters like talking about them, not cashing in this, this lottery ticket, even then he's taking forever to finally get to the point. Cause he, he brings up several other points before finally getting to the point of you yeah, should don't return it to the, you. to the old man because it's the right thing to do because yeah. Yeah, that's his money. <laughs> at first like, he's like, give it the silver. Who cares? Like let silver keep it. Yeah, at no point yeah. until the very end. Do they care about that old man yeah. at all? <laughs> also like if silver is in the gorilla, why is his layer covered in vines? And why is a silver banana? What serves as his scene transformation? Well, like, all of the walls they... are, are rock climb walls. If you look at it yeah. too. 
They yeah. always make gorilla jokes too. Like they, they like he's a yeti. They said he was a yeti, but they really didn't want to go with that. They right. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, he's a he's a yeti in spirit. He's truly a gorilla. That's how they didn't want to explain him as a mutant for whatever reason. Um, but otherwise, they one hundred percent wanted him to be like a silverback, silver gorilla. Yeah, that was also. Sure. They didn't even try to make the old man look like he was saying something. Like I like, yes. and, and even. Even when he is talking, it very much it just feels and sounds like a recording that doesn't have to do with the old man in the in his hotel room. Yeah, I, oh, I it's, think what it it's is, it's not just that, but there's, there's apartment, I, mean, I should say. There's a lot of that because, like in um, Truce or Consequences, like uh, the, uh, Splinter is like laughing, but like the puppet is not moving. Yeah. yeah at all I, I was so confused I, I forgot that was splinter's laugh and i was just like where yeah, is this I was like, his, laugh his, coming his, from? yeah i was like who is laughing what is this and it's like I hate it's that. supposed <laughs> to be splinter yeah i would that's the I laugh punch splinter straight in the face if i ever saw him <laughs> he's the creepy old man um it's terrible. Yeah, the, the weird thing is like you can kind of see like because I'm I'm convinced Keith is right that they did. I didn't realize I didn't clock it before until Keith brought it up last time, where it's like clearly they did like record their lines over the footage, and you can tell like some people are just very good at it because they sync up almost perfectly, um, and other people it's just off. Yeah, Doctor Bleed is pretty good. Uh, the the weird clockwork orange guy was pretty bad. And and that's the yeah. thing, like some like Doctor Queez are so good. I'm like, did they actually film him actually saying it? Because like sometimes it's it's so good that I'm like, it can't be dubbed. But other scenes, it very clearly has to be. So I wonder if they mixed to and fro. But I don't know. Very possible. All right, are we ready for truth or consequences? Let's uh, dig in. Did anybody else hate the whole truth of scope thing that Donatello had? Yeah, it was dumb. What what was the point of that exactly? What was the point? I, I Other do. than like it was like he's inventing things. Look at this, like he he's gonna make. Uh, yeah, it's it's another one of those things where there's sometimes like some of these episodes just spend so much time with like the turtles dinking around in their lair that like it just feels like they don't do anything and it takes forever for something to happen in an episode. Mm-hmm. It did because serve the, the valuable purpose of outing Leo as a shameless liar, though. <laughs> this is true. Well, another scene that doesn't make any that doesn't add anything is uh, Raph and Venus sparring. Like nothing comes of that. Speaking yeah, of Raph cheats, <laughs> yeah, it's Raph cheats. It's the Raph way. Um, we haven't mentioned Venus at all, and it really seems like when she's not doing her own Shinobi stuff, like she doesn't add anything to the show whatsoever. Oh, I haven't gotten to the. Well, that's because we're not in. I love being a turtle yet. Hmm. I, I got she, some Venus, I got some Venus stuff that I like. So yeah, I mean, she is mostly invisible and just kind of has some moments where, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, like I don't. This doesn't feel like she really outside of like that those first four episodes. Like, it just doesn't feel like yeah she really does anything. She's just kind of yeah. there, and then in fights she'll pull out. And, and that, that's one the of the good things she'll pull out the Shinobi yeah. things. And that's yeah. that's part of the problem with like that with Venus like as she is in the show it's like uh she was if it, it it very much shows that she was created without like the proper like context to make her a part of a team like she just shows up and they're just kind of like oh you're a turtle like us you're a part of the team 
like, and then you contrast that with like Jenica who like part of her arc was really finding her place in the team. And it's like, we don't get that with, with Venus. Like we get her, like her whole fish out of water or a fresh off the boat, like thing. That's, that's pretty much all she is. And it's like just getting catchphrases wrong. Like that's all there is to Venus's character. Yeah. I still don't know how you could like watch. I think I think the same thing happened to this show that happened to eighty seven, which is like people only watched the first five episodes. So I don't know how you could watch this far into the show and still be like, "Well, Venus is the worst part," because like she's not hardly even there. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. and that's the thing is like I, you know, as we're going through this, I know I've watched more now because like there was that part where I talk about homeless like Orokusaki, yeah. and we haven't gotten there yet, and I'm really. <laughs> I'm constantly surprised that like we're this far into the show and we haven't talked and we haven't seen that yet. So I'm like, maybe I did watch this entire show <laughs> or maybe it didn't, doesn't exist. And you're just, no, it definitely, it definitely does. It, it definitely, like, it definitely exists. Does. Yeah. I remember it too. Yeah. Hmm. But I, but now I'm starting to think it's like one of the last episodes. That would make sense if they were like hoping to like lead into a season two. Yeah. All right, Doctor Quee's medicine woman. Thanks for that turtle soup. <laughs> uh, I, I said it earlier, like, but Simon Webb, the actor that plays Doctor Quee, is like just absolutely fantastic. Like, he is doing a superb job. Yeah, Doctor Quee's. That's this is my favorite episode. Yeah, I think same. It's, it's just all around enjoyable, and he's 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 a great character. I said it before, real life, Dr. Wiley. He's such a jackass where he's like always taking audio notes in front of the people. <laughs> like, I, I love Dr. Queese. Uh He's still acting, but he's not doing like big stuff. Like he was in two episodes of Supergirl. That's his most recent project. Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. That was, you know, to 2020. Uh, honey, I shrunk the kids of the TV show. Addicted to oh, that yeah. when I was younger. Um, Who's the yeah, like just uh, just a lot of a lot of like you know background character kind of stuff. Looks name? like his most consistent thing was Doctor Quee's, where uh, he he did five episodes of Next Mutation. Oh, we got four more episodes with him. Perfect. Yep. He f- Surprise. Yeah, Whoa, I do like sad. kind of like the aesthetic of of his. Uh, lab though it's very like very early star trek or like 66 batman like that you know dutch angle kind of primary color yeah exactly that yeah that like that color scheme like it's very 66 batman Mm -hmm. it's almost like kind of early doctor who-ish too like it's just got that very cheap vibe yeah i had to get that's all i got yeah, Dr. Cornelius Queez is just he was the best part of the of his episode. So we cannot wait to see these four more episodes of him. All right, Windfall. So I liked it when Venus kind of came out with like the sticky things and the smoke bomb, especially the smoke bomb. This might be the first smoke bomb ever thrown in Ninja Turtles. You know, don't <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent certain, but this might be it. 
I can't tell if you're I can't tell if you're doing a bit and I hate it. I'm not doing a bit. I actually I'm serious. This might be the first smoke bomb ever thrown. If if there was not a smoke first, okay, bomb thrown a, in Urban okay, Legends. The first smoke bomb thrown, thrown by, by a turtle. turtle. Yeah, I think because I think Shredder's done it a couple times in the E7. So. Well, I mean Tatsu, Ninja Vanish. Ninja Vanish, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. That is, so it would so be like, the first time a turtle's done it. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say like this is the first time a turtle's done it on screen. Yeah. And the technically part, in the movie it was a steam bomb. When they open the pipes. <laughs> yeah. The best part is they're in they're in basically like a hallway, so they use the smoke bomb and run away. And the mobsters are like, Oh, where did they go? I don't know. Down the hallway. Like that's yeah. the only <laughs> they and, and that's the thing is like they use this uh this like hallway sewer set. That's all they like, could go. So often. Yeah, it's yeah. the same one they caught bone stew in. It's the yeah. same one that like Mikey was uh tanning himself in. Yeah, yep. They really it, should move because at this point, like every villain gets to their doorstep, like by default. Like yeah, as soon like as they it's, walk it's no <laughs> secret where they live. Yeah, it is no secret. Um, the Foot Clan came in through the roof that one time. I did. I did. Like, uh, was it this one where uh, Venus is constantly like she's playing bowling in the background? And then like she just keeps saying yeah. like I got a I got a home run. Yeah, I I love Venus's lines because, and partly because I have a friend who is exactly like Venus, but she's lived here her whole life and English is her native language. But she'll <laughs> she'll take phrases and routinely mess them up just so it's almost like she's doing it on purpose, but it's authentic. And she'll also do the same thing with movie titles. So if like she's telling you about Lord of the Rings, she'll be like, "Oh, that movie, Lord of the Jewels," and you're like, "What? Like what is?" <laughs> you said what jewels, you? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Jewels. Sorry, my voice like cracked. I was saying that, but she'll do like the <laughs> Venus thing where it's like she does that constantly. And it's like, are you okay? But it's also yeah. just like glorious. So I, I love Venus, if only for that. I, I get a kick out of it. Like, if you're wondering who do they write those jokes for, me. They're, they're, they're yeah. doing it for me. A thousand percent. A joke I really liked was uh, when those pantsless gangsters are attacking mike he's like it's some kind of nightmare pantless gangsters yeah. <laughs> this show's ridiculous <laughs> yeah I, I love how weak the turtles are consistently in this series oh yeah they're, like, really? they're the jobbiest turtles ever like they should be able to beat up a bunch of mobsters who are like their only threatening thing is their fashion sense <laughs> but somehow like you surround them with your pants down and my he's like I can't. you got me yeah you got me yeah, oh, it's yeah. really one thing I miss is like I, I just like it when the turtles get to be cool, you know, yeah. which I guess is part of why I like the 2003 series so much is because like they get to be cool in that series. That definitely doesn't happen in the next mutation like yeah. never. The There's never a moment where I'm cool. like, this is cool. Yeah, yeah They have like the opposite of plot armor. They have like yeah. <laughs> <in> plot goofiness. <laughs> right. <laughs> was the opposite of plot armor would be what? Like setting Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah, it's like plot nudity where they're just like <laughs> taking every shot. So Venus's special ball weapons, so far they've been what, like a, a goo pile, a smoke bomb, Speaking and a grappling hook, balls. right? Yeah, yeah. right. Back, bringing it back to Super Ball. See, we, we planted <laughs> that seed early in the episode oh, to talk man. about this. You'll hear it at the end, faithful bring listener. Bring it all back around. Bring it all around. But uh, yeah, no, the it's cool that she kind of has like those those little ball bomb things that she I can thought, use. 
you know, the it's interesting. The goo ball weirded me out because it's like it wasn't clear to me that she was throwing goo. It looks like she like spilled something. So I was like, wait, what? What did she just do? Like I just thought she like had like a a ball of like like trash goo and just threw it on the ground. It didn't clock yeah. to me that it was like sticky goo. Yeah, this is their it, like this is how they're gonna write themselves out of many situations. I feel like it's just like Venus throws the balls and it does whatever it needs to, you know. Yeah, no, I definitely and but at least gives her something to do because she yeah. she hasn't really had a whole lot of that for most of this uh this this series. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because yeah. like I've even seen in a lot of like the promo art and stuff, she has like fans, right? That she's supposed to like fight with. Yeah, but yeah. They really, uh, they really made her katana her. from Mortal Kombat. And so, well, and, even and her some, toy came with fans. Michael Dooney's right. art. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Did Michael Dooney just draw katana from Mortal Kombat for Venus? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> right I mean, she has fans, but but like her her mask is back in a braid. It's not like a face mask. It's not quite katana. No, like, but like, like the fans, fans the blue. It's actually pronounced Katana, guys. You're embarrassing Katana. Yourself. Katana, yeah. You're Katana. Embarrassing yourself. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like what someone in Utah would like name their son as Katana. Katana, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd have to work in like Aiden somehow. Katana yeah. or something. Aiden. There you go. You oh. know what? I think, I think there's some... I think there's some. I think there's something to this. I'm looking at the art side by side. Drop it in the chat here. Let, let the, yeah, yeah. Let, let me find. Side. All right. Anyway, move on. That's hilarious. I do actually I really feel like, like you the, have to have uh, more than fans in the color blue to say that. Uh, yeah. To say that's that, literally you know, that's literally Katana's thing is the color blue and fans. <laughs> that's Doesn't all she she's like a got. Crazy mouth. <laughs> it's, you need more. <laughs> But like Karai's like character in the 2012 series is Katana from Mortal no. Kombat. She learns that the evil guy isn't actually her dad, that he actually, you know, tried to kill her dad or, or did, you know, in the case of Mortal Kombat. And then, you know, decides to then turn against her father and fight on the other side. And she, she always oh, knew that Shao Kahn wasn't her dad. No, no, there's, there's like a whole Mortal Kombat series that's about her discovering it. Yeah, not canon. Uh, I think it was, but I don't know. You know, I don't know. All right, put a pin in there. We'll come back welcome, to that. Welcome to the Mortal Kombat cast. Uh, the cast is with a K, by the way. <laughs> podcast <laughs> with. Yeah, podcast with a K. Uh, let's see. I really actually do kind of like the uh, the lesson that Splinter and kind of makes Mike realize that he's like, hey, you're being a real jerk by just being a huge ageist ass. And uh, appreciate these, especially disappointed in Venus because she should know better from her trainings in in the Far East. Because Splinter himself, I guess, didn't train his sons well enough, right? <laughs> but but she should <laughs> yeah. know better because like, of listen, because she got the the egg tier, right? The guy training. I left you with in Chinatown is way more morally right than I am. So you yeah, should I've never better. really thought about that. Like, if you look yeah. at this show, Splinter failed utterly, and like, yeah, because. The the turtles in this series, more than anyone else, are like they're dirt bags. They're total yeah. jerks and they have like no regard for anybody. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like in um the in the last episode, like he as the turtles are 
are jumping in their car. Like he's like, I know I trained you to be stealthy. This, this isn't how you do it. And it's like, like, they have a Hummer dude. Like they're, they they have a Hummer with flames. Yeah. All right. Ready for truce or consequences? Yes. Crazy purple knockout gas guys. (laughs) Just like that family guy episode. Crazy purple knockout gas. That was that was good. <laughs> it's so good. I I uh, love uh Dragon Lord's bib. Yes. <laughs> you know, he just he just has a bib on ready to eat and chomp down on Michael He doesn't want to get his, his armor dirty. There are those like there are those fun like Power Ranger isms that they that they bring into this show, and that's one of them. Yeah. Like just kinda just kind of making like the bad guys like very silly. Yeah. Speaking of when Wick calls into Michelangelo's uh, pirate radio station, they've stolen an entire phone booth. They've like clearly like, ripped out of a wall, and the yeah. rank is holding it while while Wick is calling. Like that's hilarious. I I and, think it's uh, great that Wick is a pirate radio fan. I think that is yeah. just delightful. Like he's just a genuine Mikey fan before he realizes. I, I love Wick. I didn't expect to yeah. like him so much, but oh my god, he's funny sometimes. It's so good. Like. You know that first episode when he's all tied up? He's like, things are going great, Majesty! Like, Yeah, this, Wick this is whole, a fun character. I, I would love to I see Wick him. come back. Yeah. I also like that uh, Michelangelo on his radio station is like, if you want to reach me, just flush a self-addressed envelope down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so That's legitimately like, funny. <laughs> like, there are really good jokes in here. But they're so far and in between. Yeah. Because everything is so rapid fire in this show. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, weird like, how, uh, it's weird how rapid fire it is. And also like how much nothing happens all the time in this show. Exactly. Too. Like, yeah, it's it's a quandary. This show. It's, it's really its own animal. Like it's it is. It's it's a special show. That's for sure. It, it's something special. Yes. It's also the source of all things TMNT. Oh, oh. Of all culture, it seems to. It's true. It's true. Yeah. That's all well, I got. Is, uh, that all we got for I love being a turtle. Yes. Yeah, I think we can put a cap on these three episodes now. Like this was certainly, certainly three episodes of the show. Yeah. One um, clearly better than the other two. Okay, which which one do you guys think is clearly better than the other two? Because I need Dr. to know now. Please. Oh, Doctor Queez. Oh, I like. I like, and my, that's mainly because uh, like the strength the, of Doctor Queez. See, I thought the jokes in uh, Truce or Consequence made that the the best one. The the bib and the uh, it, knockout gas and everything. See, but. for me, I have like I kind of generally enjoy all of them. I probably enjoy the show the most. It's not a good show, um, but I also have like a healthy bit of nostalgia. Um, yeah. But I think Doctor Queez is just the best all around because Dr. Queez is just such a good character. What about you, Spencer? What was your favorite episode? If if we're holding a gun to your head, tell us. Oh, I don't know. I guess, I guess mine would probably also be meet Dr. Queez. Um, unlike you guys, I can't stand wick. So it's kind of hard. Whoa. Whoa. When he's in there, he's kind of annoying to me. No, he's, you know, he's super annoying, but man, he's funny. Sometimes. He's he's kind of like the salacious crumb he is. from Star Wars he, of 
but better. Of uh, the next mutation, uh, it's like uh, Salacious Crumb done in like what's the dinosaurs show? But in it way too much is what I would say. Um, <laughs> he's Salacious Crumb, but he got more screen time. Yeah. Uh, if anyone doesn't know who Salacious Crumb is while they're listening to this, it's like the weird like monkey bird thing that like is laughing all the time in Jabba's palace. Uh, yeah, doesn't yeah. it like eat his tail or something? No, it like it looks at his it looks at his tail. I thought it was like lore that he was like a creature that like grooms Jabba the Hutt by like eating his dead skin. I don't know. They they make up they make up the lore from Star Wars. One thing I have to bring up before I forget, I forgot it before, is the old man with the lottery ticket. How he like throws it away to stop the mobsters from getting it. He says, "You'll never get it now," but all he did was throw it out the window. So it's like. <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that up because I forgot about it, but I love that. But Salacious Crumb Diddy, I'm pretty sure that's in the in the Star Wars lore that he ate. All time. right. So yeah, I think we can safely put a pin in these three episodes. Uh, let's go into the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Not a ton in news tonight. Uh, this actually just came across my desk while we were uh, recording. Uh, Sophie Campbell, a uh, writer and artist on the IDW Teenage Mutant Journals comic, has announced via her recent newsletter that uh, it might spill into January, but I'm hoping to finish writing TMNT by the end of this year. And then come 2024, I'm going to focus exclusively on Shadow Eyes, which is her uh, creator-owned comic, uh, until it's done. I think I have enough money to take a break from licensed stuff and focus on finishing this book before going back to do more TMNT uh, and or Godzilla. Awesome. Good for her. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, and that was only available in her in her like newsletter. So I had to like sign us up for it real quick so I can confirm. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, so that's what that email was. I was about yeah, to that's what that email was. That we got while we were recording. <laughs> Um, I reported to Google as spam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I saw Sophie Campbell's name, but, you know. I know, I've heard various things, but I think her initial, like, she was only supposed to be on for, like, six issues or something. Well, initially. yeah, like, she was supposed to kind of got extended, ex- extended. Now we're on, like, what, 42, and she's still writing it? Well, there was, like, there was a pandemic in the middle, yeah. which kind of extended everything, and then Tom wasn't ready to come back for Armageddon just yet, and she wanted to stay on for that. Yeah. So it's like stuff kept happening so where she had to stay on longer than she originally planned on, which is, I think, partially why, you know, everybody kind of feels that the mutant town stuff lasted as long as it did. Like when you read it collected, it, it reads a lot better. But, you know, it it's I don't want to say it's obvious that she was stalling for time, but that's kind of what it feels like. You yeah, know? I think I mentioned this before that, like, she kind of had to keep the status quo until Arbengen game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she like was again, she was only supposed to be on for six issues. It became 12, 13, now 42. So, yeah. And so like again, 100% not her fault other than like, you know, her wanting to stay on the book as long as she could to do, you know, to at least do stuff. Um, but uh but yeah, like if she if she does in fact leave by the end of the year, like that'll be you know, that's the first like shakeup we've had, you know, I mean because the art changes every, you know, 10 issues or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know that this is the first 
this is the third writer on, on on turtles. Like if Tom doesn't come back to do it, like this is this will be the third writer we've had on this book in in uh in 12 years. Yeah, unless the book gets discontinued for a little bit. Yeah. Or they hire us as quad writers for a brand new There we new go. Direction. I think all four of us together could write one good comic book, man. Man, and think of how good we could get yeah, one issue of one good one issue, issue one, 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 yeah. one good one issue story yeah. about <laughs> Nano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming her last issue would be 150 then, right? Because they're kind of already in the, the run up to that. Uh, I mean, maybe because that, because that's the thing is like she would have already written that issue. Would so, she? yeah, because, you know, they, they write issues like a couple months before they get printed. Yeah, the, the lead time is pretty far in advance. That's yeah. why like you have to, people avoid the solicitations for spoilers. Yeah, because yeah, because like if you if you look at like previews, eight months till 150. Uh, they're on 143. Okay, so seven so, months. So yeah, so seven months. So, uh, I mean, so probably won't be 150 then, but, uh, but yeah, we, uh, can't wait for the rest of Sophie's run. I mean, not because we're excited for her to leave because we love Sophie, but, um, we, we want to see her go off and do things that she wants to do. So like her book shadow eyes, you know, that she's been, she's been working on shadow eyes for like a long time. Um, I remember when she announced that. So it's like, for her to feel comfortable enough to leave this book to go work on something creator around is, is that's really cool. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I feel like the dream for, for any creator. Yeah. Right, what else do we uh, have for comic book news? Uh, we have issue number four of TMNT street fighter coming out to us in October 4th. So that is the Wednesday after this podcast airs. It's been okay. Yeah, I, st- I need to read issue three still. I just barely picked that one up because uh, cause I'm in school this week. So I was able to go get it. But uh, I need to uh, follow up on that. When does Stranger Things 4 come out? I think that's the week after this next week. Mm. Or it'll be the week after the day this episode airs <laughs> for Two listeners. Weeks from today. Yeah. I need to catch up on the Street Fighter comic. Me too. That is in my pile. All right. Well, is there any other do news? We, do we want to do Casey? I don't think we, I don't think we should because like I said it's going to be gone by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, it's whatever. I'm okay not covering it. So yeah, that's the, it then. The toy line is dead. There's no more. They stopped. The toys are dried up. It's over. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We really do appreciate you coming back every week to hear us rant and rave about important stuff like the next mutation. So let us know somewhere on the internet what you think of the episode. Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Facebook, Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All right. Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going in for a heaping helping of the next mutation. We're going to be covering four episodes. It'll be 13, 14, 15, and 16. It's It's funny because like... Unchain my heart parts one through four. It's funny because like a lot of the time, like you guys don't know listeners, but Spencer doesn't tell us what we're covering. And so sometimes it's a genuine surprise. (laughs) 
when we I, I asked you guys earlier in this week in the chat if you yeah. wanted to do all four this week. I thought we were doing. I thought we were Cody doing. Responded. I thought we were doing a comic called Unchain My Heart. Really? No. So that was my that was um that was my bad for thinking it, but but it is fun sometimes because like Spencer does surprise us. No, we're, we're covering the. There's a big Spencer gap. secretly loves next mutation. Yeah. The, so the last episode we did was November 28th, 97. These start again, February 6th, 98. And there's not another episode till April. Hmm. So this is like weirdly slotted between two hiatuses. That is in, weird. In the airings of, of the show. Yeah. I, I just want to get through this series as fast as possible so we can get to the 2003 oh, series. So we're going to be covering it in three week segments. Uh, three weeks at a time. We're already like halfway three through episodes. it. Thank, thank right. God. We're going to be covering yeah. six episodes. Little <laughs> yeah. do you know, there was a prequel next mutation comic book that we have to cover. It's just called the, the mutation, right? <laughs> <laughs> the first mutation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Certified turtlefied. Bionic smoothophonic. Metal to the pedal. I almost said certified turtle fight and you threw me off. I was like, good thing I had a backup. <laughs> Thank thought, God I had a backup this week. I thought that Cody would do his usual Biakasha and you would do hot soup. See, no, that's fine. I, I, I like I liked it. Yeah, I've pondered that or like I picked something from the episodes to do, but I heard Bionic Smoothophonic that Mikey said and it was just hilarious. Well, I, I used to I used to do things from the episodes that we would watch and then I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. You could also do at one point in these shows they do turtle fight certified. Wick, yeah, but if Keith's gonna say it. certified turtle fight, I don't want to just do the reverse of that. Wick, I think there's a part that. in this in one of these where uh, Leo says, "Time to smell the shell," uh, which, which oh, sounds terrible. That. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, he's not gonna rank warrior off the off the roof. He's like, "Time to smell the shell." It's like what? I hate that. That is gross. Yeah, maybe, maybe right. one of these times I had to close out with "It's fantastic." Never panic. Yeah, that doesn't rhyme. That doesn't rhyme worth a damn. Who thought that was a good rhyme? Ick and ick, dude. What? You know, it's because it's what the show gives me. Uh, But that's that's the bad, the bad song, right? We know it's right. Yeah, that's the that's a bad song. Four green turtles covered news. The the good song would never do something. I I feel like I feel like the good song is. Check it out, another one found. Made it all the way to Chinatown. I feel like yeah. the the good song is is kind of a little strong. You know, it, it's yeah. the better song. You know, good sure. is a relative term. With the <laughs> I mean, rest, yeah, that makes five. All right, do y'all care who gets part one, two, three, or four, or should we just go down the, the list? Let's just go down the list. Yeah, sounds good. The truth is, this is a fallen world that doesn't deserve the superior next mutation song. <laughs> That's true. We as a society have failed because we don't have that song. True. We're, I might it's like start watching these right now.
all the good people have been raptured and we're just the ones left with crappy theme songs. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was some like recently there was one of those predictors where it's like, oh, on I think it was like September twenty first, everyone's gonna get raptured. And I always think, what if it did happen and those people just don't realize that they're not the good ones? Ooh, How cool would that be? That would be cool. There's also a fun service called Rapture Pets, where where you pay them and they'll they're they'll guarantee to take care of your pets if in case you get raptured. It's a real thing. Amazing. I guess I have for that passive income. <laughs> Podcast. I was like, my day is set. So yeah, I feel like audiobooks I use for for that kind of space of time usually. Uh, I know usually I use podcasts for when like I've just listened to so much music mm. that uh, I can't listen to anymore and I just need something else, but I need, I need something to fill the silence, to fill the loneliness, the emptiness, the do darkness. You think, do you think audiobooks <laughs> count as reading? Uh, no, like no. I, I don't think, I don't think if I like listen to an audiobook that it's like the same amount of like brain power that reading is like i would not say like oh yeah i'm a heavy reader uh even even reading comic books i hesitate to say that uh, oh now come on it's all the same i mean i would say that comic books are literature and there's cases where there are comic books like watchmen and other ones that are higher brow um that are that i would say are literature however when you tell the average person i'm a reader uh, you know, then they're going to ask questions. You know, what what do you read? And then I'm just going to be like, uh, Green Lantern. And I think audiobooks do absolutely count, by the way. Oh, all right. I mean, I, you know, you could probably get away with, if you want to like in passing conversation, talk about books with someone, you probably could get away with saying like, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks I read. Uh, and then you can talk to them about books. I think you can. I think you could have a better time getting away with that than you could saying that I'm a reader, and and you read comic books. I think comic books also. I think the the whole uh, any kind of stigma is is gone. Also, for the record, I'm still offended by what you said about One Piece, and I'll never let it go. All right. I mean, it, it's just vendetta. Uh, lifelong vendetta. If I see you in the streets, <laughs> it's it's a known fact that there's only like so many like story arcs. Like there's like a I don't want to use formula because formula has such a negative connotation to it. But there is... Well, that's like saying like all TMNT is like the, t the turtles fight a villain, you know? Yes and no. The thing is, is like it, it has repeated it, you know, multiple times. In Dragon Ball, mm -hmm. I, I love Dragon Ball. And Dragon Ball is, My goal uh, is, is guilty of the same thing. to read One Piece and then so then you can publicly admit how wrong you were. Okay. <laughs> this is but, the longest but, of cons. <laughs> Spencer, I just got I just got a uh, my Beerus figure. Oh, cool. And how much then, was it? Uh no, yeah, don't worry about it. Worry See about these it. that's the problem with these anime figures. They're, they're the the price on these anime figures is too damn high. Uh I was given a fantastic deal that I was asked to not repeat. So, especially if we are recording this. <laughs> yeah. See, the anime figure, hold on everybody. Look, I can give some context on this. A fantastic deal could still mean he paid like $60. So let's Well, yeah. I mean, cuz that's typically how much, you know, figure arts will run you. Oh, um, if it's figure arts, yeah, like 
even if you got half, you're paying like 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 fifty at least. So yeah, like the um the because I'll I'll send you a picture of it later. But there's the um the Dragon Stars, which is from Bandai America. Um, that Beerus versus the Figure Arts Beerus, and it's like it's it the jump in quality is very very nice. yeah they're definitely there's definitely like the tiers or whatever but mm. I, I just feel like you can't tell me an average figure arts figure is uh a better value or or worth double the price of like an average like NECA figure granted it's hard to compare things across the board and NECA has would, their own I would say problems. it depends like um, I would I would say it depends because like the paint on a figure arts figure is so much better than then if we're like it doesn't like flake off and it's like yeah sturdy. like it doesn't flake off on a on a figure arts figure um, or as soon as you like bend a joint all the paint is like goodbye <laughs> yeah exactly like they yeah. don't paint over their joints um I'm a gone. Whole pile of, of peach colored paint on my desk right now <laughs> yeah exactly like and then the like neck figure or uh figure arts figures like you typically don't have to heat them up before you start messing oh, with I them. i never heat anything i'm i'm a firm no heater it, it, I mean, it depends. Like, I don't need all my figures, but uh, no, part of that is because I make toy content, and I firmly believe that it's it's wrong for like all these content makers to like take figures that if you don't heat them, they almost always will snap, and so they heat them beforehand, and they're like, "Wow, this figure's great." When they should be saying, "Like, this company makes brittle figures, and they're going to snap, and that's a problem." Yeah, and they should. Yeah, and they should, yeah. and they should give full disclosure. Like, hey, I heated this before before I started messing with it because it was stuck. Yeah, like did you get did you get Tiger Man? You got Tiger Man, right? Yeah, and I haven't heated it up. I did not heat it and I swear, have you tried switching out the hands and or the boots? Uh no, you you've told me how bad that is though. Good god. I struggled so much and people were like you got to heat it up and I'm just like I'm not doing it. It's that they they made a crappy figure and that's what it looks like. <laughs> so, that's my, that's um, my rant on heating. But still even then it's like I don't know. Like, I want to get the One Piece figures, and, like, Luffy is, like, $36, and it's like, okay. And they're like, oh, you want to get Sanji? $80. And it's like, well, so all that, right. So that's the thing. All that's right. A, that they do that with the Dragon Ball line, too, because, like, the the Dragon Ball figures, like your Gokus and your Vegetas, like, they have, like, $30 versions of them. Um, because they know people will oh, always buy you. Goku and yeah. Vegeta. Yeah. Uh, and then when you start getting into like Krillin, you know, Krillin's a $60 figure trunks, like everybody loves trunks, but, um, you know, more people know Goku, so they will, so trunks is $80. Yeah, you know, they, they know, they know like that's, that's their tier system. So, so, so you start getting into like the lesser characters, like, like Beerus and Whis. like I'm on, I'm honestly surprised like that. Uh, Beerus is or uh, Weiss is only like fifty bucks. That's actually not bad. As that's, yeah. that's how bad it is when you're like fifty. Actually, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so and and so some of them also too. Like there's weird scarcity issues. Like in the Dragon Ball Z toy line, they've never made a Master Roshi figure. That's weird. But they made a Master Roshi for the Dragon Ball line, which is it's essentially the same thing. Like he doesn't he changes his look. You know, I mean, he has he has a much bigger role in Dragon Ball than he does in Dragon Ball Z, right? That's awesome. But right, but he's still but he's still there for like a lot of iconic parts, and plus he has like very specific outfits for Z, 
and then also like super um you know because he's he was part of the tournament of power in super yeah no he has a bigger role in super than he does in dragon ball z and dragon ball z he's he's kind of just around like he's there for like the android saga when they go to the kame house and i don't know outside like he's there at the very beginning i guess when they go and have their reunion but he's not really in it a whole lot but that's what i'm saying is like they he's still like he's still in it and Mm -hmm. but they but they still haven't made like a master roshi figure like the only one they made was for dragon ball um yeah they've only made one bulma figure from dragon ball z and she's in all of it yeah no, there yeah. should be more Bulma figures for sure. At least yeah, the like, nice thing with Dragon Ball Z is you can get the knockoffs, which are pretty high quality. Yeah, yeah like Demonical Demonical Fit is is pretty good, but then also too, Demonical Fit only really does Goku and Vegeta. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty screwed as a TN fan. I mean, yeah, I, like I, I'm, I'm also a Piccolo like, fan, so like I get Piccolo stuff, you know. And Piccolo isn't 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 in as short supply as most other characters. Yeah, you need to buckle but, down and get Orange Piccolo. Piccolo is a real like underrated instrument, definitely. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> he is Keith super cool. And, and Keith didn't even want. Did you watch all of Dragon Ball or did you watch Dragon Ball Z? You started with Dragon Ball Z, didn't you? I started with Dragon Ball Z Kai. Yes. Okay. I mean, so you do um, get to see Piccolo turn good, but you you don't get to see him be evil. You know, nah, they kind of he turns real good. quick that yeah. like he was evil. He spit on an egg or something, and I was yeah. Good reincarnated himself as an egg so then he was piccolo jr who was like more of a warrior namekian who's supposed to be able to kill you know so he's, he's, his job is pretty much to kill goku now uh you know fails to do that and then is forced to he's still just trying to like work up to be able to kill goku and defeat him and take over the world until the saiyans show up you know right we're in that right now from there. uh vegeta just killed Dodorio. Dodorio, nice yeah the I like Man. That was hype. I still think there's a there's a magic to watching like the uncut, unedited filler version. I, nothing I, nothing builds hype like filler. I, I believe you, man, but I got a kid. I got a short attention span. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get through Look, it, man. <laughs> you'll probably live for at least a couple more decades. You I'm, I'm with you, Keith. It's yeah. it it like shortens it down like by like a hundred episodes, which yeah. is yeah. a considerable amount. That that's why I'm like because like with One Piece, there's like you know a thousand chapters or anime episodes, so that's why I've been reading the manga to catch up. Which I'm on like I'm on like uh, chapter five hundred out of like a thousand or so. So yeah, no, I I really need to read the Dragon Ball Super manga. I need to do I, that. I did send you the the giant one like single bound book of one piece right mm-hmm. that'd be incredible. cool though like it's so cool but then like I'm, I'm such an idiot i'm like that's not very readable which obviously isn't the point but i, I want that but i want it somehow to be readable right <laughs> have you I, I look at that and i'm like the binding would never hold that's gonna break <laughs> Keith, you'll have to let me know. I don't know if you've gotten this far in the Namek saga yet, but you'll have to let me know if it has the amazing word-for-word Piccolo monologue of, yes, 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 this is amazing. I feel incredible. Uh, his his whole... Has he done that at all yet? No, he's okay. still dead, so I guess now I know he comes back to life. Oilers. What? When did God. he die? Damn, Spencer. He died uh, uh, fighting, uh, what's his name? Vegeta. Wait, who are we talking about? Well, well, here, spoiler alert. 
Oh, I know they, they all come alive in Dragon Ball. I like how you spoiler alert and like like seemingly with us on this conversation right now is only Keith. So it's like Keith's supposed to just like stop listening or like what is, <laughs> yeah, right. what is Keith <laughs> yank the earplug out of my, out of my head. I was just gonna yeah. say spoiler alert and then and then he can be like, No, 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 stop, 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 no, you know. I, and then I, I figured that I mean the entire plot has revolved around gathering the things to bring people back to life. So I was I was yes, pretty sure it's just revolving door. Yes, absolutely. Like it is worse than than like Western comics, like superheroes. It, it's even worse than that. Um, uh, I wouldn't because at least like it, it's baked into the actual story, and it like it, it at least follows the the rules of the world. Where it's like, I mean, so it does the same thing in Western comic books. Dead, but actually, not really. But it's it's less of like Superman punching on the walls of time to bring back Jason Todd. And yeah, more, yeah. It, like it's a different thing where it's like you made out, a wish yeah. and you brought him back and you just yeah. fulfilled the requirements to get the wish. That's at least like a very solid structure. Where with like Marvel, if they're like, uh, we killed this character next year, they're like, actually, we need that character back. So actually, he didn't die. You know, yeah. that's where it's the, like. the only like rule I've heard so far is that is, was it Chowzin, the guy that blew himself up. Chao Tzu. there we go. Yeah. Like he he had been dead already, so they can't bring him back again. Yeah, with but the Earth Dragon. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the Dragon Balls, you can't. That's the rule there on on Earth is that if if you've already revived someone, you can't revive them again. Are there only two sets of Dragon Balls, or did they go wild and been like, here's a fourth set, here's a fifth set? Uh, it, it it depends, you know, and uh, you know it depends. You know, we really want to get that much into spoiler territory <laughs> for Keith. We can. <laughs> Uh, Plug your freaking ears, Keith. Yeah, right. Every but, planet has a dragon. Every dragon it, has balls. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but in Dragon Ball Super, they're super balls. Uh, oh no, I have, it, I'm familiar with those that are that's, that are planet sized. That's right. where they they really should just stop making. Like I'm gonna be one of those people. They should stop making Dragon Ball. Yeah. The, the Dragon Balls, yeah, Dragon has <laughs> balls like two planet, you know, and. In Dragon Ball Super. That reminds me of a... Uh, like Seven Planet, I guess I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh, any of you have Super Balls as a kid, by the way? Like Where the bouncy like, balls? I would yeah, argue like the I really still good do. Bouncy balls, oh, yeah. Where you'd okay, either yeah. you'd throw and hit yourself. <laughs> speaking Ooh, of... Um, speaking you... of Super Balls, if you've never heard the song uh, Thunder and Lightning... By Ninja Sex Party, do yourself a favor and go listen to it. Ninja Sex Party. Okay. It's all about a guy who gets struck by lightning in the junk and now believes that his meaty clackers have uh, have superpowers, have the power of the gods. I feel like if you get shot by lightning or hit by lightning, like you get hit everywhere. So of course you would also get hit in the dick, right? Like just. By proxy, it goes all the way through your body, right? Yeah, I mean that you're not wrong there. Can I just say? For I feel the like record, if you survive getting struck by lightning, you you have to come out with superpowers, right? Like we get those no cool way. scars. Have you seen the like the scars you get from it? There's a name yeah. for it because it like. Have any of you been around? Like been shit? close to a lightning strike? I don't. No, not super close. No. The most terrifying experience I've ever had. Like. I w- it was like, I don't know, like 50 feet away from me. And it's like the explosion, seeing the pillar of fire is super cool. But the explosion, 
like I com- in that moment I completely understand how like PTSD absolutely like wrecks people in a war. Like it makes total sense because that one moment, like on like your core, like it's such a loud sudden explosion. Like it, like I can't I can't even explain it. And like my body instantly, like my heart was racing. I felt all like messed up. So I can only imagine like if you're around explosions constantly, I get why it it just breaks you. But it's very cool if you can get close to a lightning strike. I would recommend it. Sorry to bring that back up to you. It sounds very traumatic. It's cool though. It's co- it's like a it's a it's it's one of those just like incredible phenomenons that if everybody could could see, it's cool. Just like skydiving. All right. Well, should we get started with our episode tonight? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Mm. Never. <laughs>